Hello and welcome back to Mies on Smash, the only podcast where we break the story for the Super Smash Brothers Cinematic Universe one game at a time. I'm your co-host, Simon Lewis Ong. And I'm your other co-host, Pete Simmons-Hayes. Pete, the energy in here today in this little chat room that we've set up, it's, dare I say, electric. Wouldn't you agree? Oh my God. I just, I have so much things to say to this microphone and I just hope you respond to me and I just hope, I just hope you understand what I'm trying to get across with you, Simon. What is, what's that that you're trying to, trying to get across to me? I think around 250 words and maybe some expressions because the Hey You Pikachu game, for anyone that doesn't know, it's this uh, experiment in uh, the Nintendo 64 where they gave you this microphone and it understood 250 words and some expressions where you could talk to your very own Pikachu and you can give it commands and uh, yeah, you just sort of hang out with it like a Nintendog. Pete, you knew a lot more about Hey Pikachu than I did. I didn't know any of that about the 250 words and expressions. So that was oh, lost on me when you did that, that earlier. Uh... No, I never play, I've never played Hey You Pikachu. Oh, okay. Well, I have. So let me tell you a bit about it. It, uh, it fucking sucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, it was kind of like, you know, it's a gimmick game. It's sort of like, do you remember the Connect, Xbox's Connect or uh, PlayStation's ViewGo? It was just something that kind of promised more than what was actually given. The game like was really advertising like, you can say anything to this Pikachu and it's gonna understand. You can say, fuck you, Pikachu. You can say, I love you, Pikachu. Say, do my taxes, Pikachu. But it's really more just like, come here, go. And the microphone didn't really work. Fair enough. So. Despite the fact that Hey You Pikachu as a game was not really that successful during the height of the Pokemon craze in the 90s, the reason we wanted to highlight the game today is we really needed someone to come on the show and talk about Pikachu. Uh, during John Barr's Pokemon episode, John Barr basically set the stage for the Pokemon universe and, and broke what that world looks like. And um, while that was really great, Moving into the Super Smash Brothers crossover, we really needed someone to break the characters for Pikachu and Jigglypuff. And so, Pete, we needed an excuse to talk about Pikachu and Jigglypuff, and we figured what greater excuse than just, hey, you Pikachu, to talk about two of the most iconic Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm really excited because I, I feel like John had a had a lot of pressure to get things right because he had to introduce a whole universe of Pokemon and really set the rules. While this could be a lot more of a character-focused thing, it can be a lot more of like a Logan-type story where you can kind of do whatever you want, where you can just drop a character into a universe we already know and just like tell a, just tell a really good character-focused story. So I'm excited to see what our guest does with Pikachu and Jigglypuff. Yeah, I think when we just when we were talking about wanting to do something that was sort of focused on um, Pikachu and Jigglypuff, we were like, okay, we want to have someone on the show who we think can just sort of use this as an opportunity to sort of flex their comedic chops um, and make us laugh a little bit. So, Hello and welcome back to Mies on Smash, the only podcast where we break the story for the Super Smash Brothers Cinematic Universe one game at a time. I'm your co-host, Simon Lewis Ong. And I'm your other co-host, Pete Simmons-Hayes. Pete, the energy in here today in this little chat room that we've set up, it's, dare I say, electric. 
Wouldn't you agree? Oh my God. I just, I have so much things to say to this microphone and I just hope you respond to me. And I just hope, I just hope you understand what I'm trying to get across with you, Simon. What is, what's that that you're trying to trying to get across to me? I think around 250 words and maybe some expressions. Because the Hey You Pikachu game, for anyone that doesn't know, it's this uh, experiment in uh, the Nintendo 64 where they gave you this microphone and it understood 250 words and some expressions where you could talk to your very own Pikachu and you can give it commands and uh, yeah, you just sort of hang out with it like a Nintendog. Pete, you knew a lot more about Hey Pikachu than I did. I didn't know any of that about the 250 words and expressions. So that was oh, lost on me when you did that, that earlier. I guess, uh... No, I never pl- I've never played Hey You Pikachu. Oh, okay. Well, I have. So let me tell you a bit about it. It, uh, it fucking sucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, it was kind of like, you know, it's a gimmick game. It's sort of like, do you remember the Connect- Xbox's Connect or uh, PlayStation's View Go? It was just something that kind of promised more than what was actually given. The game like was really advertising like, you can say anything to this Pikachu and it's going to understand. You can say, fuck you, Pikachu. You can say, I love you, Pikachu. Say, do my taxes, Pikachu. But it's really more just like, come here, go. And the microphone didn't really work. Fair enough. So... Despite the fact that Hey You Pikachu as a game was not really that successful during the height of the Pokemon craze in the 90s, the reason we wanted to highlight the game today is we really needed someone to come on the show and talk about Pikachu. Uh, During John Barr's Pokemon episode, John Barr basically set the stage for the Pokemon universe and and broke what that world looks like. And um, while that was really great, Moving into the Super Smash Brothers crossover, we really needed someone to break the characters for Pikachu and Jigglypuff. And so, Pete, we needed an excuse to talk about Pikachu and Jigglypuff, and we figured what greater excuse than just, hey, you Pikachu, to talk about two of the most iconic Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm really excited because I, I feel like John had a had a lot of pressure to get things right because he had to introduce a whole universe of Pokemon and really set the rules. While this could be a lot more of a character-focused thing, it can be a lot more of like a Logan-type story where you can kind of do whatever you want, where you can just drop a character into a universe we already know and just like tell a, just tell a really good character-focused story. So I'm excited to see what our guest does with Pikachu and Jigglypuff. Yeah, I think when we just when we were talking about wanting to do something that was sort of focused on um, Pikachu and Jigglypuff, we were like, okay, we want to have someone on the show who we think can just sort of use this as an opportunity to sort of flex their comedic chops um, and make us laugh a little bit. So uh, we immediately thought of our friend Bo Hart, and he graciously agreed to come on the show. So without further ado, let's meet Bo Hart. Bo Hart is a writer and comedian in Brooklyn, New York, that currently works at Disney as an executive assistant. Outside of that, he spends most of his time lifting weights, eating tacos, and being an idiot. For anything and everything Bo, visit BoHart.com was taken.com. Hello, hello. Uh, very honored to be here with the greatest hosts of the greatest Smash Bros podcast, Simon wow. and Pete. That's oh high God. praise. That's uh, high praise. Thank you for coming on the show. It's lovely to see you. Uh, lovely to see you too, Simon. Uh, for for the listeners at home, uh, P is just a giant letter, a pink letter P, in a mm-hmm. box. Well, that's that's what I look like to my friends. Right. 
Bo and I are going to be spending this recording session really connecting via eye contact. And, and Pete, you're going to be kind of just like, you're, you're kind of playing third wheel here. Well, what's going I, on. I think I'm just trying to play the game. All right. I'm trying to, this is my Hey You Pikachu. I've just got a oh, microphone right. and I'm it's looking at you guys. Voice. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's okay. Hey You, Bo and Simon. There we this go. Is, so this there is an are. immersive experience that's yeah, happening Yeah, and right honestly, now. a lot better than the game right now. You guys are really <laughs> just playing off all of my words. As somebody so, who's oh oh go ahead go ahead no I was gonna say as somebody who's never played the game uh, I could agree this is a lot better <laughs> this is a lot better well Bo I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you so I mean during our last Pokemon episode we had John Barr on who we brought John on because you know he's a very talented guy but he's also a huge Pokemon expert from what is your experience with Pokemon do you have the same level of expertise any level of expertise. I feel like I am the world's foremost uh, idiot when it comes to Pokemon, <laughs> uh, where John like really knows his stuff and can talk about it for an inordinate amount of time. Uh, I started off researching this podcast by going to Bulbapedia. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's always a good place to start, though. I mean, I Bo, I can I can relate to you because unlike Pete. I'm also not the biggest Pokemon head in terms of like Smash Brothers franchises. Pokemon's one of the ones I actually have played the least of and know the least about. Um, so I have also spent a lot of time on Bulbapedia in my day. Uh, rather extensive. Uh, the fan base <laughs> uh, really goes out of their way to log every single detail about a fictional world. And you got to respect it because that's my one source of information for this podcast. It's very fleshed out. Some of the pages for the Pokemon are longer than actual animal pages. The fact that like they have logged and hyperlinked, it is such an extensive database that we got to put this energy and this effort into like saving the world somehow because the people who are running Bulbapedia uh, are the most efficient, hardest working uh, citizens of the internet. I got I to gotta give it to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're excited that you were able to sort of uh, delve into this world that you maybe didn't have the most knowledge of. You mentioned that your parents are perhaps anti-video game. Yeah, everybody on this podcast, I shout out to all the guests who uh, haven't really played video games before because uh, really given me hope. Uh, my parents, I have five older brothers and my dad's like a plumber and my mom worked at a bakery. Uh, very blue collar esque family. So like making sure we each had our own Game Boy, like seven different Game Boys in the house was not a priority. Not a, right. So I I had like an old Game Boy color and I've played Pokemon Red. No, Pokemon Blue. It had it was it was like black and white and had Blastoise on it. Uh and then when I was a little bit older, I mowed the lawn enough that I could buy a used Game Boy SP and I played Fire Red. And that's the extent of my Pokemon gaming, unfortunately. The okay. originals, though. You're pure, so you're like a Pokemon purist, if anything. I'm, I'm a purist. Uh, <laughs> I like to stick to the original. I don't think there should be more than that. And the Mewtwo Strikes Back movie. Uh, that's, that's all that there is in the Poke universe to me. Right. Bo, you're, you said your parents are anti-video game. Well, no, you didn't say they were anti-video game. You said they're not, not anti-video game, which... 
to me is what a parent said when someone says to me they're not uh, they're not not against gay marriage they're against gay marriage <laughs> yeah. so would you say that it was um it was hard for you to wrap your head around like building uh having a video game turn into a movie or like some kind of adaptation or did you just sort of like go free range with it so i came in with the naive perspective of like yeah of course you can turn a video game into uh, a filmed adaptation or any type or one a one a one act play but uh yeah and very quickly discovered what i think gamers have tried to explain to like the film industry that it just is not a one for one translation. <laughs> uh, they are not good. They are meant to be interactive. Uh, yeah, I can't think of a single like. Is there a good video game that's been adapted to the screen, other than the Pikachu Detective movie, which I loved as a as a as a newbie to the universe. Shout I was out gonna to John have Paul. to. I was. We were gonna <laughs> have to talk about uh, Detective Pikachu because you're. I mean, you're definitely following i mean of anyone who's pitched on our show the fact that a detective pikachu movie exists means that like you had there like hollywood has kind of tried to do this before um and i i actually i like the detective pikachu movie as well so i mean did you take inspiration from detective pikachu or are you kind of just going in like a completely different direction i i wanted to respect what detective pikachu did uh -huh. I loved its financial success. I loved how cute Pikachu was. And I, as an idiot, loved the story because I could not get ahead of it. Unlike uh, some anti-Detective Pikachu fans, uh, some adult Pikachu fans. Uh, so I, I liked it on all of those merits. Did I go in the same direction? Maybe, maybe there's loose ends at the end of mine. Maybe there's... Uh, pro cop sympathies from Pikachu and that's that's why he gets into the detective game but maybe he gets burned by the police force who knows uh, a bit you're it sounds like your big inspiration from detective Pikachu was the financial success aspect and you really want to emulate that if we've learned nothing from uh the Marvel uh, cinematic universe which as soon as our competition uh <laughs> is that you can never make too much money off of film. <laughs> and so that definitely is the goalpost. We have an established IP uh, with, the, with the Pokemon universe, with Pikachu. It really, it's on us. If we're not, if we're not retiring in the Hamptons by the end of this film, boys, uh, that's on us. We, we failed. We, that's we what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear my uh, my creatives. As a producer, I love to hear my creatives say that. I admire the honesty. <laughs> because everyone tries to tie it to personal, like just personal stakes. But I think you're real in that it's just all about money at the end of the day. In being a callous, disgusting husk of uh, a little capitalist. That's what I am. <laughs> all right. I think with, with that, I'm excited to just jump into the story here. I'm ready to break the story, Pete. How Let's about you? Let's do it. Cool. So we're breaking, we're breaking, breaking the story, and we were briefly talking about why Pokemon is important. And I think that's something when you're coming into this and you got to navigate it is that like Pokemon and Pikachu are beloved icons all across the world, and so you really want to show respect to that. And again, like I said, I think the greatest respect we could show to the Pokemon fandom is by making it a gigantic like monetary success. 
And so uh, in regards to that, to stay true to the universe, we, I think we got a test and we got a focus test. Um, what kids and what fans of, Poke, of Pokemon want in a Pikachu film and kids came back with feedback saying they want fun, they want cuteness, they want friendship, which let me translate that to you definitely means that they want integrated marketing product opportunities. We are going to fill this, this film with every inch and every possibility to be able to make some sales. That's, that's how we're going to, we're going to establish the smash universe as it's going to be the foundation upon which we can have terrible spinoffs. Okay. So I've got, that brings some questions right there because Pokemon is known for having like its own capital, its own type of capitalism where every brand in Pokemon is based off of a Pokemon. So they have like the Pokemon center. Like it isn't just a, a, it isn't just like a soda. Sometimes it's like a a Rabidash soda or something like that. Like there's sort of already like established brands in, in the entire thing that like come back into the universe. Are you saying that in this movie, they're just going to be drinking like straight up like vanilla Coke and shit. Oh, okay. So you bring up a good, a good point. And I think there's a lot of real world, uh, like analogous situations as we see right now, like a lot of things are being, uh, monopolized. I think that's a bad word. I like it's, it's simplified in my opinion, right? As we see everything go down to like the big three companies, we got all like Amazon go stories, Amazon stores, Amazon, basically we want everything to go the way of Pokemon in our world, right? It's just simple. You don't have to make a decision about, po- you go to the Pokemart, you have a Pokeball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, we, while showing respect to that, we can couch in some real world, what's wrong with a Poke Coke, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right, because the, the, whole, the whole conceit here is we want to make money with real world product placement. So like they'll go and they'll shop, they'll get their Pokeballs at Poke Walmart and Poke Target. And I think we'll just put Poke in front of real world. And absolutely. That's the beauty of the Poke brand is that it's flexible so we can insert the highest bidder into those areas. Gotcha. So that 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 store in New York, Poke Bowls, would that be Poke Poke Bowls? One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Okay. They're our biggest partner, actually, in this movie. They they gave us, like, $100 million to make this movie. That's not a bad idea. Ted Lasso, there's, like, a truck that came by my house the other day for Ted Lasso, and they, like, gave, like, biscuits and stuff. Like, a poke-poke bowl just giving free bowls. That's not bad. Honestly, I, I, I firmly believe that we should have legal be looking into pokey bowls to see if they've actually infringed on Pokemon IP. I, th- I think there are some lawsuits and some we could line some pockets from that. Right. Let's sue before before we go ahead and make this movie. Let's just go ahead and sue them. That's the first creative decision with this movie we're making is let's sue Pokeballs and then we'll make the movie. Well, Pokemon has a well Nintendo in general has a notoriously just fucking dangerous legal department, much like Disney, where they have closed fan games, they've closed anything that just has the name in it. So I, I could totally see us doing that. I mean, it's a miracle that we haven't been shut down yet. It's because only three people listen to this, but it's a miracle still. We're, we're going to get DMCA'd by the Nintendo <laughs> lawyers over Pokey. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're talking about, because at the end of the day, you got to spend money to make money. 
And we want this to make a lot of money, but we also like, I feel like this film and our, this production of it in the Nissan smash universe, cinematic universe needs to kind of help entertainment in a general way. So I really, I think one of the things that should happen with the budgets is that, uh, I don't know if you guys have been following the news. I personally am an assistant and I think that, and we keep hearing stories out of the industry that they're being underpaid. I think that we need to have a sizable portion of our budget set aside to have equitable pay for um, our PAs, our assistants, all like the lower level My staff. God. Okay. Uh, because, and I think, again, that's going to generate a lot of good uh, press for us. And we just set that aside in a specific fund for them. Uh, personally, while I'm going to be pitching the story, we're eventually going to get to it, I promise. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to actually be, I, I don't think I'm like up to snuff for writing this. I don't know if you, have you had a guest who's just kind of served as an executive producer and hasn't wanted to actually write that? Th- I think it should be outsourced is what I'm saying. Okay. So you're like, you're, you, for this project, you just want a story by credit. So this is not, this is not Bo Hart's, Hey, you Pikachu, you just have a story by credit here. I think I could be utilized more in a schmoozing in a grab handing sense of fashion and not actually opening final draft. Uh, whatever it takes for me not to open final draft, I will do it. Oh, do you want to play Pikachu? Do I want to play Pikachu? No. Uh, <laughs> if, we're, if we're getting into casting, I firmly stand by just like the voice of Deadpool. Brian Reynolds has staked it out. He is Pikachu. He's still Pikachu. Okay. You gotta show respect to the whitest man on earth. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> how much creative control do you have as an EP? Are you like a Scott Rudin type or uh, only in the way that I'm a bully uh, to everybody I meet? Okay. Only if I get to throw a stapler at somebody. So, so, so we get fair pay for PAs, but you're a fucking monster. <laughs> I'm still a monster. Bully. <laughs> and weirdly people are still going to work for me. That's pretty smart, honestly. Like in this day and age, if, if you wanted to hide the fact you're a monster, you should just you just like have this good PR about everything else. It, it, exactly. Uh, there's nothing nefarious about a press release. Speaking of writing, I would, I do think I've heard of two boys coming out of Boston, and I think that they would be great for the universe. I don't. They create a lot of great things for the internet. The kids are always talking about them. Still, uh, they wrote Goodwill Hunting. I think we should get Ben and Matt. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon in here. Right. Uh, young guys, th- young rising stars. They're up and yeah. coming. Yeah. Uh, the kids are really jazzed about their memes that they're making. So obviously they're in touch with the youth. And I think they can right. just do a lot of respect to they're gonna be they're gonna be the screenwriters for the TikTok generation. Exactly. Um, and we are in a position to set them up for success. And I think we should do that. <laughs> there's gonna be a PR, there's gonna be a PR statement that Matt Damon has announced that Pikachu will not say the F slur in this one. Uh, <laughs> not not to date your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, we recorded this episode in 1999. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I do think that you, you have a duo leading the show. It's going to be Pikachu and Jigglypuff. And what greater writing duo on earth is there than Ben and Matt? When was the last time they've written a movie together? We could market this as their big comeback, their big reunion. Uh, you know, uh, I would have to have my assistant look into that, but I'm pretty sure that it's Goodwill Hunting. I think they're, they've got a wow. perfect track record. I think they have a perfect track record. <laughs> so, so we got to get them. <laughs> um, soundtrack creating the universe that we're going into. Um, They didn't come cheap. They won't come cheap. 
But again, we could dip into some of our discretionary funds if we need to. We could, I know we have that PA budget, but we could get into it if we need to. Cause I really think we, uh, and not a lot of podcasters have talked about who they want to be soundtracking it, but I think uh, to get the largest possible audience that we should have another duo for the Pikachu and Jigglypuff, I think we should bring in the chain smokers for some original bangers. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I could see that. That's not that far off considering this year, Pokemon has enlisted the help of the top pop stars around the world to create like their own Pokemon album. I could totally see the pop stars on, I'm the, sorry. The, right. The Cause they got, smokers uh, on that. They had Katy Perry and Post Malone each yeah. do a single. So Chainsmokers could be right up there. I think, I think honestly, the Chainsmokers are probably pissed their agent did, didn't get them on the Pokemon uh, 20th anniversary um, or 25th anniversary album anyway. So I think they're, that's an easy grab for us because they're, they're hungry. They're hungry for that Pokemon content. All we got to have is a room full of Coke and sophomores in college, and they're in. I think, I think we can get them. <laughs> Uh, I just mostly had that and I was like, ah, I just, uh, if at any point you want to pitch some chain smokers, Pokemon songs, uh, that to me was my favorite thing in pre- in preparing for this podcast. I think there's almost certainly got to be a remix on YouTube. That's like a chain smoker style remix of like a Pokemon <laughs> song. So we'll use it there. We'll use it there. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, getting into casting. Let's hear about some of this casting. Uh, not an extensive cast. Our two okay. mains, we got Pikachu, who again, and feel free to disagree with me, pitch out anybody you want, but he's an old friend and I think we got to do some respect and have Ryan Reynolds reprise. Yeah, I think he's he's getting the Deadpool treatment here where despite the fact that we're kind of rebooting Detective Pikachu with this, um, you know, and in and, and the way that Disney is supposedly going to be rebooting Deadpool or whatever, we're going to keep him on. We're going to keep him on, you know? Oh, that's news to me and hopefully not news to his agent. I did not know <laughs> that they were rebooting. Well, I think it's I think it's still Deadpool 3. I think it's just a soft reboot because he's going to be in the MCU now. So I don't know what the deal oh, is. Oh, oh, oh. Question about ryan reynolds is pikachu is he gonna be the same exact character like is detective pikachu canon in this universe uh, i'm gonna have to leave that again to the the, the mise on smash continuity is he the same i in my timeline if they are the same pikachu this is before his uh descent into becoming a private investigator. he's a private investigator right yeah and then he just turns back into a dude because oh. he is a dude, right? Because well, Detective Pikachu, Detective Pikachu is only ever a Pikachu for like the span of like a week. He's like a guy. He's a normal guy on either end of it. You know what? They should have differentiated that a little bit more. <laughs> right. No. So I okay. feel like this is this this either has to be if unless your character Bo is a guy who was turned into a Pikachu. I think this is just a different Pikachu, just also played by Ryan Reynolds. You know, uh, I'm okay with that. And the fans <laughs> will be too, after we just market it down. Right, right, uh, right. I was right. pounding my fist. I hope that comes through in the audio. Maybe maybe Detective Pikachu is a movie in our universe. Like it's a, it's a movie within the universe, just 
marketing that is i don't know where i'm going mm. with that uh, maybe it's like our incredible hulk where like yeah it's, just, it's like different people and it doesn't really fit tonally with anything else but like we'll just say it, it's there <laughs> you know it's it's meta uh kids love referential uh humor so we'll just we'll lean into it okay second question yeah, so th- they're, they're going to be talking in this. Are they going to be going to be talking where humans can understand them, like in Detective Pikachu? Or is it going to be like how in the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games, the Pokemon can talk to each other, but only the Pokemon? Uh, I know the, the, dungeon, the Dungeon Search Pokemon games exist. Do I know that much about them? No. For <laughs> uh, rules of this universe, I think that, yes, uh, the Pokemon... Due to a uh, U.S. viewership lack of wanting to read subtitles, I think we got to go with them speaking English. Right, but I mean, like, the rules of, like, can a human, like, yeah, it's English and we can understand them, but, like, can the humans, like, in the actual movie, if there are humans, like, understand them, or is it just Pokemon can understand other Pokemon? Um, you know, I think there's going to be some continuity issues because I would, I would say that we... Because I would, you would want to stay with the Pokemon rules that generally, right? They just say like their names, but uh, there may or may not be a couple humans who can understand them. In the <laughs> okay. I think it sounds like well, once we get into the meat of the story, we'll make that decision based off of how necessary it is for the story to make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've got Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Who else we got in this cast? Uh, the only other person that really matters, we got Jigglypuff. Okay. Uh, Jigglypuff, interesting role. There's a lot to work with. We got a singer who also has a bit of a bite, who has a range of emotions from being sweet to like uh, like having, I don't, I don't know. Like there's a little bit of uh, metal to Pikachu. And the first person that came to mind, and again, we're working with our budget. We can always uh, siphon off just a little bit out of the PA fund. But uh, <laughs> we're not above doing that, or so, right? <laughs> if, here's how you look at it: if if we take a little bit from that, so we can ensure that we can cast, which is going to market and sell more tickets, we're going to be able to make more money that we can then eventually get back to the PAs, so that it's, okay. so that it's even. If you know, like, it's a bit of a short term sacrifice, right. but we got to play long game. That's that's it'll, how the, it'll industry. it'll it'll trickle down in that way it's kind of like a little bit of trickle down in economics 100 percent. Right? <laughs> okay uh, thinking we would have we'd have people approach i'm thinking beyonce we saw her work in lion king she's gonna say no next person childish gambino because this is an nyu podcast and we all want to be him but he's probably gonna say no uh Polls are showing, and I think the biggest cast we could get, if we really wanted to get like the TikTok generation behind this, I think we debut Lil Nas X in his first acting role as Jigglypuff. Okay. Oh, he'd say yes, I think, too. Because like I, he's had Fortnite concerts already. Like he's part of that young generation who grew up with Pokemon. He gets it. That's that's one thing you can say about Lil Nas X. We will probably have to put into his contract, though, that he cannot be gay for the duration of the film, just for ticket <laughs> sales in the South, you know? We're trying. You're trying to make this movie get like be really big in the South, right? Specifically in the South. <laughs> That's our demo. <laughs> but at the same time, we want uh, like during uh, uh, 
like the grand red carpet opening like he's gonna like show up in like a pikachu like suit like pink and he's like and that's gonna get all the attention from like so we still want him to be Lil Nas X. He, he delivers. You can't argue right. with that. Well, we want him to be attention grabbing, but uh, only in the way that's approved by a specific lord. <laughs> right. Lil Nas X can be Love Simon gay, where you say you're gay, but that that doesn't mean anything. It's just a word. Uh, he can be. Uh, what's the the Twitter post that's like uh, he can what do all these characters have in common and then they kept deleting all the they're gay and it's like they can be gay but you can't say it it's a right. it's the pokey universes ask or do uh what is it do not ask do not tell policy yeah it's like yeah it's like uh uh when every character is the first gay character in disney's history then nobody will be it's like <laughs> exactly uh Okay, so I'm so this is probably we're we've now I think we're we're making our perhaps most morally gray area uh, movie in our in our cinematic universe in terms of what we're willing to do to make money. You know, <laughs> for for an IP that is solidly based on the moral gray area of animal fighting, I think we're showing a lot of respect here. <laughs> uh, in us doing that, we're actually respecting the moral gray area of the source material, right? We're going to try to create a bigger controversy to distract from that fact. That okay. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. People are owning these Pikachus and making them fight. Okay. <laughs> Not Pikachu, the Pokemon. Okay. Anyway. So we've got... Uh, all we've, we've got Ryan Reynolds and Lil Nas X as our, as our headliners. All right. That's a, that's a pretty good... That's, Honestly, that's a pretty good cast. So yeah, let's let's head into the story. Okay. So we open. It's on a black screen. There's flashing lights. Two behemoth Pokemon are going at it. They're fighting. It's a Charizard. It's a Gengar. They're cool. They're badass. They're fighting. They're trapped mm. in a confined space. Charizard's lighting Gengar up with his fire. Gengar's doing that weird. He fades away into the background. He's got a cool tongue. Uh the lights turn on again. They're actually fighting in a subway car. This is a pokey subway. Uh, a voice cuts through the fight overhead over the intercom. Barely, it's garbled. Same Pika, same Pika Pikachu. That's right, that's our main character, the conductor. We cut to Pikachu at the head of the subway train. He's a mess, he's disgusting, he hates his job, he's got nothing going on in life. He's just flipping a lever, powering it with his electricity. Uh, he lets the subway go on autopilot because this, ga- this Gengar, this Charizard, they're causing uh, quite a ruckus. He goes back in the car to try to break up the fight. Uh, this may not, this may or may not be based upon uh, my collective experiences on the New York Metro uh, uh, system, but he goes back to try to break up the fight. Gengar, Charizard, they turn on Pikachu. They beat the shit out of him. Uh, he's just trying to do his job. And just like the modern workers at, uh, on a, this could be our homage to flight attendants, let's say. Uh, gets the crap beat out of him, crawls back to the front car. Uh, on his way back, we have our inciting incident amongst all of these working class uh, Pokemon who are on this disgusting subway. We see a beautiful, refined Eevee. Pikachu struck, falls in love. Eevee. Damsel in distress, cutie patootie. Uh, 
casting wise, I think we should try to drum up the Oscar, the Oscar buzz and finally get Glenn Close, her Oscar. <laughs> finally. She's going to voice act the hell out of this role as, as cutie patootie Evie. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't know. Do you, uh, is there any issues with casting Glenn Close? As no, let's our... get her. Let's let's get her that bag. Let's get her that Oscar. I think it works. Imagine, imagine the memes. Ryan Reynolds, Glenn Close, Lil Nas X. They're all accepting Best Picture. I think I think we got a winner here. I think you're right. I think so too. Um, that's I had my note where I was like, I think I think Pokemon are going to say their uh, stuff other than just their names in this world. That's where I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are there humans on the subway, or is it just like Pokemon taking the this subway? This is solely Pokemon taking the subway. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in. I think it sounds like we're in a city that's 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 surviving without any humans whatsoever. It's just Pokemon in this city. So it's like Zootopia, but Pokemon. Yes. Yes. I did base cool. this upon my limited searching. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a mining town. It's going to be like a pewter city. Ask what's your first, your yep. first gym badge, right? Where you go and you go and fight right. Brock. And if you choose Charmander, you're screwed. Uh, so Pikachu sees Evie falls in love, starts asking her some dumb questions. We realize our Pikachu, our lead, not that smart. Uh, that's why he's driving a train. Okay. He, uh, failed out of a lot in a lot in life. Obviously, isn't connecting, isn't recognizing that this Evie does not want to talk to him. Uh, asking her what her favorite train is. Stupid stuff. <laughs> all he can talk about is trains. That's all he, he knows. It's all he's ever known. It's all he will ever know. And it... he's like, all he knows is trains and electricity. He's asking her like, what's your favorite charge of electricity, positive or negative? And he's like. Just terrible at small talk. He's asking her how many kilowatts can she generate. <laughs> right. She's carrying a mysterious box. Uh, it's it's weirdly wrapped. He's he's as he obviously is prying too deep because she immediately gets clammed off, uh, closed off. What's the phrase? Uh, doesn't really want to talk to him, but she does let him know that she's headed to Celadon City. That's our that's our universe's. La Creme de la Crop City. Uh, the train sirens start to go off, cutting cutting Pikachu off from his conversation, from his, his meet cute moment with Evie. He's got to rush back to the front of the train because it's going to crash. Uh, he saves the train, stops it just in time. They're at their destination, Pewter City. All of the worker Pokemon disembark. Pikachu starts to search amongst them for Evie and watches her as she kind of bolts and takes off very quickly. Uh, and he notices that she's left that mystery box behind on the platform. Uh, Pikachu runs to go grab it, picks it up, starts chasing after her. Hey, you forgot your box. Uh, he's an idiot. He doesn't realize that she doesn't want that box anymore. Uh, he eventually gets tripped up and it's the Charizard, it's the Gengar again, shoving him to the ground on their way out. Um, he looks up, sees as this Eevee is boarding a different train, headed off to her destination, obviously, Celadon City. End of scene. So, we have him introduced. We have a situation in life. He's got a love interest. He wants to pursue it. He's got this mystery box. He's got to return it to her. This opens uh, up a lot of interesting philosophical questions about um, cross-species romance between Pokemon in that it seems to be 
relatively socially acceptable in this Pokemon world. Like, but also, but like to an extent, like, what if Pikachu, like, could Pikachu romance a whale lord? Well, in the games, it is acceptable. Really? So there is a set of compatible Pokemon that can mate and make eggs. Uh, and yeah, technically, you can like mate a whale lord with like. In like the main Pokemon. games, you can. That's a in thing. the main games. In the main games, you can do that. If you put if you put a whale lord and a po- and a Pikachu at the same daycare and they're male and female, and I think they need like compatible natures or something. Don't quote me on that. I might delete that part. Uh, they can. One of them will lay an egg, and it'll be a whale lord or a Pikachu with a mix of some of their stats. Holy so it's totally shit. possible. It's kosher. <laughs> so you're uh, saying like a Pikachu could give birth to a whale lord? Yes. And would survive. I don't know about that, but, you know, I, I think dramatically speaking, I, I think it'd be better if they died look, giving birth to the whale yeah, look, but I'm, yes, they can. I'm a, I'm a pretty open-minded guy, but I'm going to go on the record and say that I think that's unnatural and, and uh, an, a affront to God. <laughs> I, think, I think we're looking over or overlooking the disgusting term that they're calling these, they're calling these daycare, these pokey daycares, <laughs> these like orgy hotspots where these Pokemon are just getting it well, on. It's like, they just leave them alone. And like, maybe they're not good at their job, the daycare. Cause, cause you can yeah, see your say, Pokemon. That's not how regular little... daycare work. If I dropped my kids no. off at a daycare and I came back and they had, they themselves had had kids. That would be like national news, horrible national news. <laughs> Well, it's like the way the daycares work, like, okay, just to defend it for just a second, (laughs) is you're going on this, like, months-long journey, getting all the badges, you're becoming a Pokemon master, you usually leave those Pokemon at the daycare for, like, in their world time, probably months. So they're building a bond together, they're, like, probably, like, there's a lot of Pokemon at the daycare, so, like, people aren't looking at them as closely as they should, so... Of course they might fuck. It's trauma bonding in a way. <laughs> but Pete, that's like saying that if you like send your kids off to boarding school, you should expect them to come back with kids. Um, sometimes. <laughs> no, yes. no. Maybe not with each other, like but yeah. But are you saying that boarding school kids don't fuck because they 100% do? Simon, you lived at a boarding school. You know. Yeah, I know they fuck, but they weren't ever late. They weren't having kids all the time. Yeah, because they have the money to like get rid of the kid they were- to, to go into another thing. It's boarding school. <laughs> That's where All right. we cut to our next location, the Pokey Abortion Clinic. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you are gonna ostracize your southern audience if you do that. <laughs> we cut to Pokey Planned Parenthood. It's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu has thrown the brick at, at, at uh, Poke Planned Parenthood. Uh, uh, how, do they have Pokey? Like, do, do they have abandonment issues? I guess. <laughs> um, not really, but you know that's a fun feature. They like, gotta why get not? a uh, well. All these Pokemon are at these this daycare. They gotta get Poke paternity tests. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the Poke. <laughs> you are not that. <laughs> I just imagined all the Pokemon like on the porch of the Pokey daycare, just like smoking cigarettes because they're just like <laughs> the post sex yeah, yeah, yeah. cigarette just lighting up. Jeez. Pete, your uh, extensive Pokemon knowledge always coming in clutch. Always needed yeah, a sign. Yeah. It really it really brought us down that rabbit hole. It's a fleshed out universe. I don't guys. even remember where we were. Oh well okay, so 
where we were was Pikachu has, Pikachu's fallen in love with Eevee. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. There's there's a good sequence. And again, if any of these beats or story points aren't making sense, Ben and Matt, they're going to figure it all out. I really right. do trust our boys. They're good um, at what they do. The, the best. They're Oscar award winning. Um, our next scene, I'm thinking, we have our introduction to Jigglypuff. We're in a sleazy downtown bar. Jigglypuff, obviously, singing at it. You know, we're going to lean in to their strengths. Um, Jigglypuff gets felt up by, like, a disgusting muck. Uh <laughs> Beats the shit. Okay, as you think Muck, the Pokemon, is going to be getting laid in this universe? No. Jigglypuff is beating the shit out of this this Muck for getting a little just, handsy. Just beating the shit out of this Muck who uh, is not in his lane. It isn't that kind of bar, despite right. him wanting it to be that. Uh, going to look at my notes. Uh, <laughs> Jigglypuff, at the end of the scene... Gets done with the fight, manager pulls uh, Jigglypuff over and is like, hey, you're getting fired. Jigglypuff thinks it's because of the fighting that Jigglypuff's constantly doing. It's not. They found a hotter, younger Jigglypuff with abs. Okay. They're getting rid of Jigglypuff, who's a little bit of a has-been, vocal cords, a little bit distraught from all the underground fighting that that, uh, Jigglypuff is into. Then we cut to Eevee. Eevee's on a pokey phone. Again... Another product opportunity. Hit up Apple. A, Hit up. It's a Pokey Pokey iPhone, right? The the Pokey Apple iPhone. The Pokey Apple Steve Jobs iPhone. <laughs> the Pokey Apple Pokey Steve Jobs Pokey iPhone, right? Yeah. And they're gonna and they're gonna pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be cool because then when you get the phone and written like the real world, it's automatically loaded with Pokemon Go and it like has like its own like Pokey emo- Pokemojis. And, and everyone will love it. It'll not be a uh, U2 uh, repeat. Right. For And if you buy that phone for 99 cents, you get like an exclusive costume for Pikachu based on this movie. If you don't have the phone, it's it's $3.99 for everyone else. It's just 99 cents. We're, it's not free. but It's, yeah. it's $3.99 monthly. We're going to create a subscription <laughs> model for this phone. Because that's how we're going to keep generating. It's how if you want to beat Avatar or any of those other uh, top box office movies, the one thing that they haven't done is they haven't had subscription based revenue, and I think right. that's what we need to lean into. Right. You should look at the Pokemon movie. Uh, you get to own it on a monthly. You can own it and subscribe right. to it for a and, monthly basis. Right. It's yes. it's like a streaming service, but it only has this movie on it. And premium members are going to get better endings. Right. Right. Love when you, if you want to see this movie in theaters, you have to subscribe and you have to pay like 99 cents every minute that you're sitting in the theater. Like a subscription base. Yeah. We want asses in those seats and we want them paying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, Pope- oh. I mean, just to go even further, like, like, cause, cause now I smell money. Like I really do. <laughs> like, like, like I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to make this thing. Like what you could also do is what Clue does. Cause Clue, there is multiple different endings depending on what you want, went to. And, you know, Pokemon, you can buy different games. There's, you know, red and blue. And depending on which game you get is dep- shows which Pokemon you're going to get in the game. So you can have two different versions of this movie. You can have, Hey, you Pikachu or Hey, you Jigglypuff. And you have to see both in order to get like both endings. <laughs> That's $30 right there. Pete, welcome aboard the money train. <laughs> We're happy to have you. 
<laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> um, Evie's on the phone. Desperation in Evie's voice. Uh, Evie left the box as she's being instructed by this mysterious voice, this threatening, ominous, ominous presence. Uh, she left the box on the subway platform. She doesn't know what's going on. She just wants her husband back. So we've established this, this, this hot Evie is a taken Evie. Uh, at, on that line, she just wants her husband back. She left the box on the platform. We cut to two shadowy figures following our Pikachu as he boards his subway train again. The other Pokemon are pissed because it's delayed. Is, does it, Pikachu have the box at this point? Did he pick it up? Pikachu has the box. Gotcha. Is, this is his in. This is an ex- his excuse. Right. He's going to. Right. Yeah. He's going to get in with Evie this way. Gotcha. 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 He's going to, he's going to get with Evie at a daycare center. That's, that's the goal right now for right. horned up. Right. Pikachu. Shadowy figures chase after him. They can't get him. Uh, one of their hands gets stuck in the door. All the other Pokemon are pissed. They just want to get to work. They're delaying the train. Pikachu eventually returns home. Jigglypuff storms in. Jigglypuff's pissed because Jigglypuff's been fired. Pikachu also fired. What? We cut to. He was so distracted by love, he crashed the subway. Everyone's pissed. I know. Pikachu tells uh, Jigglypuff about his, his infatuation, his encounter with Eevee, and that he wants to follow her and return the box. Jigglypuff's pissed. No. They start to fight. Their life is shit. They're blaming each other for each other's problems. Pikachu's lazy and he's given up. Uh, He used to be a racer. That's how we get him into his his subway days. He used to be a conductor, a high-powered underground street racer, but now he's a loser. Jigglypuff, according to Pikachu, is a toxic, masochistic wannabe that can't hit a whistle note for shit anymore because of his rare candy addiction that's ruining his vocal cords. Oh, Oh, shit. Pete, if that works, let us know. That works. No, that's perfect. Rare that that, yeah, that, that works. really works. Yeah. So that's that's again our form of narcotics in the in the poker universe. What what's what kind yeah. of what kind of buzz does that give Jigglypuff? Like hard candy, like or rare candy, uh, like what's that do for? Like is is it a uh, is it a stimulant? Is it a depressant? It's an upper. Oh, it's an upper. Yeah, it's an upper or a downer. It's uh, the pokey the pokey universe is. Ketamine is ketamine an upper? Does anybody know what ketamine is slash does? <laughs> couldn't tell you what ketamine does. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, legally, we all can't tell you what it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jigglypuff is in deep with the rare candy dealers. Um, they're both just in a terrible spot. Their apartment's horrible. Uh, What's their relationship at this point? They're roommates. They're roommates. Okay. They're roommates. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They're roommates slash best friends, but they're on the outs, right? It's that you were friends, you moved in with your friend, you realize that that changes the dynamic suddenly when you have to live with somebody. So they have this fight. They're fighting, whatever. They cut off when the box that Pikachu brought, the, the Eevee box, starts to vibrate and move on the floor. Whoa, what could it be? Um, they start to panic. They look at it. Then there's banging at the door. They think it's their debtors. It's they're finally coming to collect. They've been dodging for too long. Okay. <laughs> they we re- previously had those shadowy figures following Pikachu. We're gonna see the same hand banging on the door. 
Pikachu, Jigglypuff, panic, grab the box, dash out their back door, just as the front door opens up. Flies open. Who is it? It's Team Rocket. Oh, shit. Mm. Is it uh, Jesse and James from the anime? You know? Or is it, are they just Team Rocket grunts? I think it's going to be Jesse and James. I think we got to stick with, this is an entry-level Pokemon uh, universe film. It's for everybody, everybody who can pay money for it, okay? And so low bar to entry. I think we're going to stick with the basics and the right. main characters. Unless you, P- want, you want the iconic stuff, right? Well, I am confused now only because, so Pokemon take the subway and it's just Pokemon, but there are humans here. I, I think we're going to lean into... What has been canonically established, and listeners, if you haven't checked out John Barr's episode, you gotta go check it out. Uh, you gotta study it, and don't be intimidated when you're pitching a Pokemon movie after that. Uh, <laughs> but he he had mentioned, and I like the idea of, and I think you can kind of skirt the ethical gray area of Pokemon by having like there are Pokemon who work with trainers, right? And fight with them. And then there's like this underground world of Pokemon. I think they can coexist just like okay. the early United States. I think you can have Northern States and Southern States. <laughs> <laughs> this is a disrespect. This is, this is a city that is, it's majority Pokemon. There's a, it's a human minority in this yeah. city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, Team Rocket doesn't have to be from the city, okay? They're right, they could be drifting they're, in, yeah. They're the, they're, there's some, they're criminals are cor- correct. <laughs> uh, team, team rocket, Jesse James, uh, Meowth. They're going to be ransacking the place, looking for the box. Uh, they stop and they eat Pikachu and Jigglypuff's avocado toast supply. Millennials. <laughs> uh, team rocket eventually leaves to hunt down Pikachu and Jigglypuff, but they can't find them. Jigglypuff, Pikachu, sitting inside, hearing that somebody's searching for this box. They return inside afterwards. Everything's ransacked. Their avocado toast is gone. The box stops vibrating. They open it up, and they discover a new Pokemon. So, we're and again, with our, with our goal of this movie, to make as much money as we possibly can, how better to lure in existing fans and to get them excited than to have the debut of a brand new Pokemon. Oh, that makes sense. That's a great idea. Also in previous podcast episodes of this podcast, people have created specifically one new Pokemon. And I think uh, I should have the liberty to do so with this one. (laughs) If he got to, I get to too. (laughs) I think if if we lean into the success of what's generating interest in these types of films, we got to create the the cutest fucking Pokemon that there ever has been. We we got to create memes with this guy. Okay. Um, And I don't, I I got a placeholder right now. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like or what it's going to sound like. But our goal in our temporary placeholder is we're going we're gonna to lean into uh, like previous success. We're going to call it for now, for now, temporary. Matt and Ben, they're going to figure it out. Uh, we're going to call it BB Yoda. Okay. That's what this Pokemon's name is going to be. <laughs> BB Yoda. BB Yoda. We'll, we'll fix it in post if it doesn't work out. 
Uh, and he he goes like, "Bibi Yoda," or something. Exactly. That's like, his, like <laughs> yeah. and it's Aww. and it's so cute. It is so goddamn cute that people are going to give us their credit card numbers. Okay. Um, Bibi Yoda, I think is I I think we should have, and it's a bit of a promotional stunt, but I think it should be voiced by all members of the band BTS together. <laughs> He sounds like he sounds like some kind of uh, Lovecraftian monster because it's like <laughs> seven voices at once. But it's cute as hell. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Do we have any issues with that? Are we all nope. on board on creating? Yep, no, totally on board. And when you go to the theater, you can like scan a QR code and like you get. BB Yoda. Yeah, I think for like game. for the whole second act of the movie, there's a big QR code in the corner that you scan. <laughs> <laughs> well, previous previous Pokemon movies. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I attended one where I got like a holographic Entei. You oh, like yeah. a, as a with the Yu-Gi-Oh movie. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh movies and Pokemon movies, they both did that. I again, we gotta we gotta give them. We it's gotta just, give it's them. Just, this is just an updating of that. Is to have the QR code right in the corner. It's just an updated version of that trope. Don't reinvent the wheel. Right. We're going to make so much fucking money. Oh, my God. <laughs> At what point are we going to have people pay to listen to this episode? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Just to listen to the story of this movie, you got to you got to start shelling out. This is going to be our only paid episode. <laughs> we got to get some sponsors in here. So Pete, at any point, feel free to drop in an ad. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> um, Today's sponsor is... Uh, Valvoline. What do you think our okay, listeners Valvoline. need? <laughs> Besides, like, girlfriend. See that. I was going to say that. <laughs> A life. Oh, God. You've got you to you contract with the, with the shadiest uh, mail-order bride services that actually exist. <laughs> okay, so we have BB Yoda's introduced. Cute as all. Get out. Pikachu, Jigglypuff, they're caught off guard. They've never seen this Pokemon before. And, uh... They they got to return it now. It's it's no longer just a box or an item. This is a living, breathing creature, BB Yoda. Um, they continue to argue a bit, but Pikachu wins out, convinces Jigglypuff to go. They've got nothing left. Their apartment's ransacked. Neither of them have jobs. They're going to hightail it to sell it on City before whoever destroyed their apartment, whoever's coming to collect, can catch up. Um, so they take off under the one condition from Jigglypuff that Pikachu breaks out. His old racing vehicle, cut to barn. The cloth flies off a Pikachu choo. A Pikachu choo. <laughs> and wait a second. Devoted fans will know that a Pikachu choo. Uh, Pete, if you want to fill in any of the details. I don't know this. I don't know this. I think I might have pitched this in the first move, in the first thing, and we said it was, we were going to cut it out, and then we didn't. You did not cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> what was the pitch? I don't remember. I forget as well. I just remember saying it. Uh, Pikachu, too, according to your fucking podcast, <laughs> is a gross monstrosity of a train esque vehicle that has the screaming face of a Pikachu on front on the front of it. <laughs> and in this universe, our Pikachu used to be a Fast and the Furious esque style race er. <laughs> right. I want you to edit every pause out of all those syllables. Uh, <laughs> and he he used to drive like a Pikachu. 
and right. everyone <laughs> hops on board the Pikachu show. Again, that bit is only going to land with uh, people who've listened to the podcast. A huge group. I think only me. Actually, I don't if think you, anyone... If you just Google image search P- Pikachu, you'll be surprised with how, mon- how many like Pikachu trains you get. Yikes. Huh, interesting. From uh, that I search. Did, in my research... Uh, I did come across the Pikachu centipede. Oh my god! Have you seen that? No, I gotta look up that Pika, Pikachu centipede. Oh, no, it's like a plush doll that somebody made, and it's like a bunch of mid sections oh of Pikachu. T- it is oh one of the most god. horrifying things. Oh my, oh my god. god! It looks. Oh my comfy. god! Like people buy this. I thought this was gonna be like fan art, but this is real. It's no, it's a like a product. P- it's a body pillow. Holy shit. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like human centipede, like Pikachu's mouths, like sewn yeah. to um, <laughs> the assholes I of other people. I thought they were going to be wearing diapers, yeah. Pika mouth to Pika asshole. Right. <laughs> and I think that's something, again, if we're going to try to sell everything, we're going to try to sell this podcast. Uh, premium listeners are going to get the visual. They're not going to just get the audio of us looking into <laughs> Pika, the Pika centipede. We'll speed up. Pikachu, Jigglypuff set off on their road trip in classic buddy road trip fashion. They're um, looking for, they're going after Eevee, right? They're going after Eevee. They're headed to Celadon City. They're running okay. into the classic hijinks and we can fill in the gaps later. We're going to montage it. We're going to have a chain smoker banger over the top of it. They're <laughs> yes. ca- the, P- the Pikachu breaks down. Uh, BB Yoda needing to go to the bathroom all the time. Everyone getting mad at that. Jigglypuff uh, going through rare candy withdrawals. We're going to have a dark emotional subplot for that. Um, (laughs) Pikachu not having enough money for repairs after it broke down and having to work a day at Walmart. Homage to that. Poke. Poke Walmart. Uh, Poke Walmart. Uh, Because what happened in our universe where Pikachu worked at Walmart for a day is canon in this film. Uh, And it'll be monotonous and it'll be grinding. Uh, you get yeah. Stuff. If you if you pay an extra twenty dollars, you can watch Pikachu's full eight-hour shift at Walmart, <laughs> as directed by No Man Land's Chloe Zhao, of course. <laughs> yeah. like, lots of natural lighting. Lots of natural lighting. There will be no CGI. In it. It'll be the first animated CGI-less film. Right, right. The first, the first, it'll be the first film starring Pikachu to have no CGI in it whatsoever. <sighs> Um, we have that montage they're traveling we cut to Evie on the phone with uh, again with the ominous voice she doesn't know why the box was gone why it's missing again she's begging for her husband's life he's being held hostage Um, if and then the ultimatum is thrown down for for Evie as voiced by Glenn Close uh, that if the if Team Rocket doesn't get this box with what we now know what had BB Yoda in it uh, by the Pokey Met Gala, her husband's gonna get killed. Um, so we cut to Team Rocket pursuing our, our buddies Pikachu and Jigglypuff and BB Yoda. Um, how are they gonna stop them? Meowth insinuates that he's going to murder them with poison by shaking a bottle of pills that has a skull and crossbones on it. How is he going to do that? Pikachu and Jigglypuff, we cut to them. They're having a grand old time. They're singing songs. They're singing to the original soundtrack right. uh, as created by our boys, our coked out boys. Um, 
Is Ryan Reynolds assisting Lil Nas X on the soundtrack? Oh, 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 oh. Are we chain smokers? No, our chain smokers. Oh, chain smokers. You're right. You're right. They're the boys, not Lil Nas X. Oh, yeah. yeah, My bad. My bad. My bad. Simon, keep up. Keep up with all the celebrities. I mean, there's got to be one song where Ryan Reynolds and Lil Nas X they sing with the chain smokers. I'm trying to think what that would. I agree wholeheartedly. Is is it a is it an ambient introduction by Ryan Reynolds? Like it's the intro to the album, and he's got a very serious thing. Or are they singing like chorus verse? You know, there could be skits. There could also just be like Chance Smokers. You know, already heavily use auto tune. I don't think it's <laughs> out of the question to do the same thing with Ryan Reynolds. I was gonna say for all of like Ryan Reynolds's like overproduced marketing campaigns that he's done for all of his movies, we've never. I don't think we've ever actually seen him sing. He must be like his agent. He must be afraid to sing, and his agent like won't let him do it because he's like does every other gimmick for marketing his movies to death. Uh, another thing that we can use in our promotion, we have the debut, the vocal debut of Ryan Reynolds singing. There it is. There Success. it is. We take it to Broadway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pikachu, Jigglypuff, BB Yoda riding down the road. They see a hitchhiking Meowth, but they don't know that it's our Team Rocket Meowth. Meowth hops on board. Pikachu and Jigglypuff always down to always down to have a good time. They keep driving. They pull over later for a meal. Okay, they don't know that Meowth is going to try to poison them. Uh, they stop for a di- at a diner. Meowth goes to the bathroom. Pikachu and Jigglypuff are whimsical, funny duo. Again, you can't have Ryan Reynolds not be relatably funny. Uh, are going to take the poison pills. They're going to put it in Meowth's food because they don't understand <laughs> that it's poison. Okay, this is, okay so it's in a different capsule than when it had the skull and crossbones on it. That or perhaps our heroes just, are just stupid. I think, <laughs> I think we glamorize protagonists too much in our culture. We gotcha. need to have some dummies as our lead. Okay, uh, these are this is these are <laughs> this is uh, this is our like our our himbo pair like duo that are like yeah. They're hot and they're Our stupid. way in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Pete. I cut you off. I cut you off, actually. I need the visuals, Pete. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> our Wayne's world. I said our Wayne's world is what I said. Um, are those crickets in your yeah, background? Yeah, were those crickets, Pete? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's like, it's like half inside, half. I'm in my garage. It's the only private place in my house. That's serene. Um, and... And yeah, there's crickets and goats and stuff right outside the house. So it's nothing instills yeah. more uh, confidence in like a comedic performance than literal crickets playing. In the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're doing great, Bo. By the it's uh, You're doing fantastic. The crickets so, are not a reflection. <laughs> oh, trust me, that's the sound of insects cheering. I know that. <laughs> Um, back to the diner. Meowth comes back from taking a fat shit. Tears into his pokey chow. I what do they eat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they eat like you know. I think they think, think, think there's time for like a brand here. Uh, like, are they at IHOP? <laughs> uh, pokey okay, Golden McDonald's. Corral. Pokey <laughs> <laughs> Golden. Pokey, pokey, pokey Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Poke, wait, wait, we could, we could like double down. We could say poke, poke, bubble gum, bubble gum shrimp. <laughs> so Meowth eats it, immediately starts to die. <laughs> Pikachu and Jigglypuff try to save him, 
They look at each other. This isn't their first rodeo. Have they murdered before? We don't answer that question. They dash out of the diner. (laughs) They don't know what happened. Uh, They hop on board the Pikachu and take off. We cut to the pokey cops arriving. (laughs) And cops are a polarizing uh, issue in our world, obviously. And so um, we're going to have the traditional cop scene where they, a lot of exposition, they explain what they think's happening. We had still a mystery. Cops are going to try to chase down uh, Pikachu and Jigglypuff for murdering this Meowth. But um, also to be able to mitigate having cops in our narrative, we have <laughs> protesters at the investigation. Pokey too. protesters, right? Pokey protesters who are going to, so we don't, we don't have to take a stance. Pokemon, right. we believe in what you believe. <laughs> there, there, there's there's both sides of the argument in this pokemon world the same as there is like you, you got people arguing both sides in our world you got people arguing both sides in in pokemon world pokemon world it's just like ours <laughs> um so cops gonna start off chasing pikachu and jigglypuff again uh we cut to pikachu and jigglypuff riding through the night Jigglypuff, Jiggly snoring, annoying the hell out of Pikachu who's trying to drive. Pikachu gets distracted, tries to quiet down Jigglypuff, uh, misses their turn to sell it on City. They head north after almost, uh, they narrowly miss hitting a sleeping Snorlax on the, on the highway, on the Pokey Highway. Um, in doing this, they've skirted the barricade that the Pokey cops have set up for them, and we have the, we show, we have a, like a five minute moment where the cops are just doing nothing. We got to really treat it. Like uh, we want to be real to the cop experience. So we're going to have them just, just sitting Do, there. Just doing nothing. Right. Just yeah. uh, patrolling the subway stations. Right. Uh, it's, it's briefly <laughs> a documentary. Um, and we just watched the poker cops um, do nothing. They, 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 they do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be fair, if we're going to be, if we're going to show that side of cops, we also need to have, like the Pokey Universe's Kylie Jenner, give them a, a, a soda. Right, right. <laughs> a Pokey Pepsi. A Pokey Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut to the Pikachu is broken down. There's no, it's not. There's no going back. Um, everybody's on edge. Uh, BB Yoda's smoking camel cigarettes. Uh, we'll we'll tell kids that it's not cool and they shouldn't do it, but. We're going to insinuate that it's kind of cool because we're going to try to get a good brand opportunity. (laughs) Uh, Pikachu and Jigglypuff duke it out. It's not pretty. Jigglypuff's whamming, beating the hell out of Pikachu. BB Yoda gets some dirty punches in. And then Jigglypuff says, you know what? I'm going home. Starts walking home. Pikachu surprises them in that he has traded his Pikachu for a Pika Vespa. Okay, it's a size down. He's had to give away a part of himself. He's moving on from his past. We're going to show the emotional ramifications of that, right? He's sacrificing everything to get to his love in his head, this Eevee. Um, Pikachu promises Jigglypuff that they're going to find all of their dreams in Celadon City, and he's going to uh, insinuate that uh, Jigglypuff and him are going to get laid, too, because that everything, everything mystical and magical happens in Celadon City. Uh, they head towards Celadon City. We have another breakdown. We're going to have three breakdowns in this, in this pitch, okay? This movie is really about vehicle repairs. Jigglypuff starts losing his mind. He wants a relapse, okay? Uh, he, he, he wants his rare candies. He's really spiraling. He wishes that he could have 
a rare candy. That's when BB Yoda starts to glow. BB Yoda wishes into existence a sack full of rare candies. Okay, so we've now BB Yoda is power is going to be wish fulfillment with the genie contractual stipulations. He's got three wishes. We've used one. Okay, we used one on 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 rare candies. I will I will say there is a Pokemon, a legendary Pokemon with this exact thing. That has a movie. Its name is Tarachi. I think, but I think we can allow it. I think that this could be its own well, thing. But, but, but Pete, there's like a million Pokemon that all have like Pikachu's powers. Like there's like a bunch of clones of him. You're right. No, you're right. But this is like specifically three witches, <laughs> like genie, like, like that's its thing. Hmm. And, and, and Pokemon fans are going to know this and they're not going to be upset about it. They're going to be totally chill very happy. They're gonna be, no, they're going to be cool with it. No one likes strategy. Like, no one talks about it. Like, really, like, really no one talks so about we're gonna, it. So it's fine. We're going to learn all the mistakes that they made with that. We're not going to make them with BB Yoda. But we're going to have it be exactly the same. Gotcha. They head into Celadon City with their bag full of rare candies. Our heroes, they already know the underground. They're able to convert that money in a series of drug deals into actual pokey bills. They're going to rent out. They're spending all their money um it uh, it's it's going great where's my second wish (laughs) (laughs) so somewhere along the lines in this pitch we're gonna they're gonna use a second wish okay maybe the second wish they that's how they fix their vehicle the the third time the third breakdown or if you already there's maybe a fourth breakdown and then they that's how where they use it to fix (laughs) uh they have again yes we're gonna lean into the breakdowns audience members are gonna love it um they end up. They finally get to Celadon City. It's beautiful. They're in the fanciest hotel. They got drug money. They're not. They're they're burning through cash. They've never had this much in their lives. They were just working class. Now they're on the top. Um, we eventually they try to find Evie in the city. They can't. We hear that she's going to be attending and organizing the Pokemon Gala. Uh, so Jigglypuff, Pikachu get dressed up, and they're going to attend the Pokemon Gala with uh, a hidden BB Yoda and try to get it back to Evie to fulfill our main quest. Uh, at the Pokemon Gala, Pikachu gets cold feet. Okay, He's talked a big game the whole movie about being in love with Evie. Can't face Evie in person. You know, who can relate to that? Being intimidated by their crush. So Jigglypuff, being the best wingman, is like, yo, I'll go talk to her for you. I'll, I'll tee you up. Bring her over. Jigglypuff goes over, introduces himself to our Evie, as played by Glenn Close. <laughs> goes with her. She invites him into the back room of the Met Gala. Okay? Pikachu peeved. What, what's going down here? Is my friend betraying me? He goes backstage, finds Pikachu, or finds Jigglypuff and Evie in a totally platonic but it looks and appears as if it's a compromising situation. So he's extremely hurt, okay? <laughs> he's pissed. He feels betrayed. He thought um, he thought Jigglypuff was a homie. He's not. He actually is. We, the viewer, know that. But our, our lead does not. Little, little dramatic irony going on here. Yep, we got a lot of tension. Ah. It's very Hitchcockian-esque. That's, we're going to bring him back from the dead. He's going to be our director. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do that CGI thing that they do to actors. We're going to have him direct 
direct through CGI, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> or I'll make a film of him directing to play to the actors while we're making it. <laughs> and he's psychologically torturing them still. <laughs> Pikachu, this is Ryan Reynolds' 75th take as Pikachu. He's exhausted. He's a shell of himself. He's not making any of his jokes. He's not improving anymore. He's sticking to the script. And then uh, Hitchcock unleashed a bunch of like actual birds. They're <laughs> <It's like, laughs> just gonna terrorize. They're in the movie, and they're like, like, are those Pokemon? No, they're just birds. <laughs> just those are the actual birds. We couldn't get off set anymore. They just lived there. Right on set, he like kept actually having the vehicles break down and making Ryan Reynolds fix them on set, despite the fact that it was only a voice role. Ryan Reynolds was still on set every day, like helping out with the live action shots. And the crew was not happy with it in the least. And you could tell they couldn't say anything, but you could tell. Good wages. Good. But good wages. Everyone everyone was paid very fairly. uh, At this point, we've we've name dropped a lot of people. That budget, I think, might be might be a little lower than we expect. But they uh, uh, they will eventually, assuming we make a lot of money, which of course we will. What could go wrong here? What they will eventually be paid. They'll they'll be eventually paid. And honestly, I think we could probably. I have a lot of my my friends at the country club have kids that we could get to do these jobs for like free or lower. Right, like 14, uh, 14 15, 15 year olds we're talking about? 14, 15 year olds. I've got yeah. a bunch of nieces and nephews that want to work in the industry. And like, honestly, their parents, my, my siblings pay for their college. So they don't, they don't need to be paid adequately. We, we could, we could save that money for the people who right, actually right. need it, right? The purpose right. of the funds. We could, we could, right. they, can afford to work. Tr- they can afford to work for free. Yes, yes, yes. And I, again, I know a bunch of people. I'll figure it out on the back end. Um, <laughs> so in this moment of dramatic, of uh, like our huge height of the betrayal, the friendship, the leader of Team Rocket reveals himself trying to get this BB Yoda. It's Giovanni, the mafia head of Team Rocket. Giovanni uh, threatens to kill Evie if Pikachu doesn't hand over the BB Yoda. Uh, Evie panicking, thinking that she's going to be killed. Two of Bibi Yoda's wishes have already been used. Uh, Giovanni asks and demands the last wish be to give him unlimited wishes, breaking the genie model. Uh, obviously, this would be terrible news for Bibi Yoda. Giovanni loses his temper and shoots Jigglypuff to show Pikachu that he's serious. Pikachu is in a in a compromising position because he's facing down a gun, but he he's going to have BB Yoda use the last wish to bring his best friend and show him, even though he's been betrayed, that he's going to bring Jigglypuff back to life. Yeah. Team Rocket then moves in. They've got guns. They start lighting the place up. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu, Jigglypuff, Eevee, they start dodging and running. And then we have Team Rocket gets gunned down themselves as the pokey cops and pokey protesters have arrived. Okay, they finally doing something. Uh, Evie, after dust has settled, everybody comes out alive. Pikachu professes his love for Evie. Evie reveals to him she's already married. He should know that. She can't love him. She's already got a husband. She gets reunited with him. It's a handsome alpha Chad Evie, okay? <laughs> yep. Aww. Uh, too close to home. That's what I would say that moment. That was really hard for me to storyboard. <laughs> 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 we're in a 
pop in some soft chains. We're gonna pipe in some soft chain smokers uh, <laughs> to show the emotional moment. Those crickets really loving this. Really loving this <laughs> I'm in my mic. I'm in my mic. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think it's funny. Um, uh, uh, I'm crying for people listening. Uh, BB Yoda goes with Evie, returns to their home, cheerful goodbye with Jigglypuff and Pikachu. Cut to Pikachu, Jigglypuff, they're walking home. All the goods and items that they had while they were together, bought with contraband, has been confiscated by the Pokey Cops. Uh, so they're, they're walking back to Pewter City. They don't have much, but they have each other, okay? Then, uh, so we have that emotional moment, that connection. Pikachu and them walking down the road. Credits. After our credits, because any good universe is going to have our post credit scene, Pikachu and Jigglypuff are walking when a souped-up, gorgeous Pikachu-chu appears, revving the engine. What is this? Who's at the wheel of it? Window rolls down. It's BB Yoda. He's come back. Oh. <laughs> Pikachu and Jigglypuff hop in and somehow, through some portal, end up in the Super Smash universe <laughs> as they drive the Pikachu-chu into it. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and that leads right into the Super Smash Brothers movie. How did they get into the Super Smash universe? I do not know. I was not told how the universe works, and I had my hands full trying to figure out what Pokemon were. <laughs> you know, Simon, we never talked about, like, the timing. Like, like you know, in the Super Smash Brothers movie, if they all come at the same time, it just might be funny if, like, halfway through, everyone's, like, cornered in the Smash Brothers movie, and then, like, a portal opens up, and, like, whoever, like, is Pikachu chasing train. them is just ran over by the Pikachu chew. And they get out, and they're like, what we miss, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> It's bloody and gory. Uh, we got to lean into that. They just massacre a line of whoever's fighting the Super Smash Bros. Right. That basically would make them like the Captain Marvel of, of the movie, right? Just show, <laughs> show up partway through and just decimate everything. In the Pikachu tune, nonetheless. Which is not an original creation, I might mind you. Right, right. You actually are playing with the rules of our universe yeah. by having the Pikachu it's a studio. In it's a studio idea that's been in the bank, <laughs> and finally someone took it. Someone uh, built. Someone. It was a. It was cut from the first Pokemon movie, but someone built the Pikachu, and we were like, "We got to use this. It's going to waste sitting in this warehouse." Like, so we we made you put it in. All right. So there we are introduced to Pikachu and Jigglypuff. Finally. We know what they are up to going into the Super Smash Brothers um, movie. Um, yeah, Pete. Do you have, Pete? I mean, you're the Pokemon expert here more more than <laughs> yeah. I do. I am. Um, right. How, how do you How do you feel? Um, Bo's researching went. I mean, did he? I mean, did he do the great. Pokemon world justice? Well, the thing is, for what he wants to do right about making as much money as possible sometimes you know going getting too much into lore is a bad thing when it comes to alienating those flyover states so i think for what this movie is which is like you know if you get rid of the pokemon it's just kind of a fun road trip like get the girl back kind of romp like it works and it makes our life a lot easier because we don't have to fucking connect it to literally anything it's like probably the easiest standalone thing that's been pitched so far right uh, 
Pete, do you want to jump into continuity approaching here? Because I have questions about um, how we're going to tie, how we tie this into John Barr's, like where it takes place in that. Should we just yeah, jump in there? Yeah, let's do it. So continuity approaching wise, Pete, do we think this takes place before or after John Barr's movie? Definitely after. Uh, because as Bo said, um, the Pokemon kind of have their own uh, free will in a way that... Uh, the ending of John Barr is really compliments. Yeah. And I think the only character who is in both of the, the these films um, is Giovanni, because Giovanni is in John Barr's, I think, yes. right? Yeah, and he, he pops up here um, as, like, the head of Team yeah. Rocket. Um, so... Does Giovanni die? No, Giovanni oh. doesn't die at the he end. Doesn't? No, okay. so a lot of people die. But yeah, okay. Giovanni, I don't think is killed by Tenta Cthulhu at the end of John Barr's um, Pokemon. I think he just gets away, um, or maybe he's okay. in jail. I think he goes back to jail. So I think this takes place after okay. he's gotten out of jail, or maybe escaped from jail. Um, okay, I've, I I I vibe with that, and I think it's definitely interesting that we're getting more into a world that is increasingly. Pokemon are living increasingly independent from humans in this world to the yes. point where they almost like this city almost runs without human. And I think it th- seems to. And I think that's really interesting from a Super Smash Brothers perspective because there's, you know, in terms of who is actually in the Smash Brothers roster from Pokemon, you got one human kid and then you got a bunch of Pokemon. So, you know, it's really the Pokemon have the agency in this world. And I think, you know, uh, the films are, be- are reflecting that. Yeah, uh, I'm excited because I feel like I, I hope Bo doesn't take this as like a criticism. I, I, I think it's actually more of a strength where these characters, I, I think, are a lot more of like a comic relief and like lighter part of this Smash Brothers universe, which, which, which I think we need for like all those big personalities in like in that first movie. I think I think you need just like people to make like the comments and, and kind of like be the dumb, the dumb guys uh, compared to everyone else that that's been pitched. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? Zan? Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to be nice compliments on our initial 12 um, smash roster in the first smash brothers. I think they're going to be like, it's going to be them and Kirby is like really the only ones on there that are kind of comic relief. Right. Um, Cause everyone else has a pretty big, like, lofty goals i think yeah. and like lofty motivation why, why, why i feel like these characters can just like have fun in the space yeah um bo did you have casting for bb yoda or is it is bb yoda gonna be like a puppet uh bb yoda I, th- I thought in in my world i think it would be a good stunt cast for the entire uh group bts to voice bb oh, right oh right yes it's bts bts is bb yeah. yoda right yeah. right 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 all of them all of, the names, all of which them I do not at know. once, right? And they sound—he'll sound like a monster. <laughs> no, he—he's um, going to be the sound of the summer, is what he's going to be. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So when BB Yoda returns at the end, does BB Yoda have three fresh wishes, or is BB Yoda wishless at this point? I, I, I do not know. Uh, <laughs> I think he's wishless. He's wishless. Okay, okay. And we leave it open to the sequel for him to discover himself. Okay, what is it? What is what is BB Yoda doing? A yeah, I think which... BB Yoda's going to be on a real journey of self discovery because, like, that's like his whole gimmick. Like, I, like Pete, I don't know what happens to Jirachi's the name of that 
Pokemon that has the wishes, right? Right. I don't know well, what happens to Jirachi. Pokemon... Like, I don't know, like, what Jirachi's arc is after his, po- like, wishes right. are used up. But, I mean, BB Yoda is going to be, I mean, I mean, this movie establishes that BB Yoda is along for the ride in Smash Brothers. Like, he's literally along for the ride. So he'll be around. He's going to be now a part of the established uh, universe. Um so what's his arc going to be is going to be really interesting, I think. Right. Because that's really uncommon for the legendary Pokemon to stick around. I think in every movie, except maybe like Mewtwo, you know, the ending is usually like the whole movie has been some villain using the legendary Pokemon to get like, you know, oil or some shit. Right. Like, 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 like something like for um, self-interest. But then at the end, like the Pokemon trainers are all like, all right, fly into the sky. Do your thing. Like, you know, we love you. Like, go be free. Uh, so there hasn't really been a legendary Pokemon that sticks around and like hangs the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's interesting to think about what that is, uh, because this Pokemon is like really powerful and I assume really rare and very um, cute and very profitable and very cute, very memeable. Also, memeable. Yes, there's yes, like the the meme per uh, second rate in this movie with BB Yoda, insane. Just like, just like pausing for the QR code, we'll pause, do the SNL thing right, where it's like right. live meme. Take take a picture of this now and meme it on Twitter. Like tweet out. <laughs> yeah, just like how Baby Yoda made Warner Herzog cry. This is gonna make uh, hologram Alfred Hitchcock kill himself again. <laughs> <laughs> He'd rather be in hell than than spend one more moment with BB Yoda. <laughs> What does Baby Yoda look like? I feel like we got to talk about this. Like, does he look like Baby Yoda? With I think a mustache. He's, right. He's, he's clearly, I think he's like a little green guy with long ears, maybe a mustache. He doesn't wear a brown cloak, but he's maybe got a brown body because Pokemon don't wear clothes, really. Uh, they can, though. Clothes could, like, in weird, like, okay, just to... Be the rule, fu- the rule person. Like the karate Pokemon, they wear like fucking like full on suits and shit. Like, and they just say it's a part of their body. Yeah, so that's so not. You can, it's not clothes. It's part of their body. Yeah, so you can give them the robe and just say it's like organic for some that's reason. Disgusting. Pete, question. Yes. One of my favorite things in Super Smash with Pikachu is to dress Pikachu as Trucker Chew, as I call him. Right. Is that character? an actual part of Pikachu at any point? No, you no, no. Um, I mean, not. Nah. You can put this Pikachu in any hat you Trucker want, my too, man. man. He's, uh, that, and then, to be completely honest, when I play as Pikachu in Super Smash Bros, uh, my goal is entirely to get Pikachu to say Pikachu as many times as possible <laughs> and right. to annoy everyone else I'm playing with. <laughs> Um, trying to think of, I mean, Pete, I think you're right that continuity wise, this one fits in. I mean, it does exactly what we needed it to do, which it needed to bridge the gap between John Barr's Pokemon and Super Smash Brothers and set up the characters we needed it to do. And it does that, um, quite nicely. And it doesn't really pose any like huge existential universe breaking questions. Um, no. So, Bo, I it's applaud you. I mean, we didn't give you any continuity of Bo. No, no. So, I applaud you for not making our lives difficult in that regard. Um, so, it's it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty self explanatory in that way. Um, 
yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to see them back. I think there's some really fun characters and I think, uh, they're going to have some really funny interactions, right? We're only an episode or so away from talking about, uh, Pikachu and Jigglypuff and BB Yoda again in a larger crossover uh, context. So I'm glad they're good. They'll be fresh in our mind when we go in. So we'll really be able to do them justice. Bo, do you have any request for like, like if you had one request for one thing you want to see Pikachu, Jigglypuff, or BB Yoda do in a Super Smash Brothers crossover, what is it? I want to see Pikachu and Jigglypuff uh, ruin every single moment with the like the one-liner when whenever there's potential <laughs> oh, yeah for potential catharsis. I want it to be undercut with at least once, at least once with Pikachu and Jigglypuff. Give them the like, oh, do we do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, is that a that thing? Just yeah. happened. Right? There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's totally what they're going to be used for. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, Bo. Pika, nope. <laughs> Pika, Pika, nope. Pika, nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Bo. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was an absolute blast. Um, we, it's great to see it you. It was great to see you, and we appreciate you taking the time and, and beating this out for us and, uh, and sitting down with us talking about some Pokemon. Always a pleasure. Never fun. I love you guys. Hey, thank you so much for listening. As always, none of this would be possible without some awesome remixes by some very talented, very underappreciated musicians. Here are their credits so you can listen to them without us talking over it. The National Park remix comes from Coffee Date. The Pokebon main theme orchestration comes from Momo Symphonia. Almighty Arceus did the Battle Frontier Lo-Fi remix. The Consoles did the Sutopolis City Jazz cover. Nighttime on a City comes from Sila Music. Pyrite Town Remix comes from Roshna. Eternal Sushi did the Sutopolis Zone. The Trainer Battle Dance Remix comes from Glitch X City. Hidden Highland Remastered comes from Zame. We used a lot of songs from uh, Mikkel's Lo-Fi Pokemon album, Pokey and Chill. The Poke Remix Studio did the surfing theme. Nostal Jack did the Versus Team Rocket remix. The Kanto Gym Leader Battle remix comes from Poke Remix Studio. The Unwavering Emotions remix comes from Glitch X City. The Topolis City Piano cover comes from Atlas VGM. Lopo Bunny did the Battle Tower Lo-Fi remix. Braxton Burks did the Through Time and Space Battle Versus Dialga and Palkia. Dazzled and Game Shops did the Farewell featuring Glitch X City. As always, find us on Twitter at Mizen Smash Pod and at our personal Twitters at Simon Lewis Song. And at P. Simmons Hayes. Thank you so much for listening and catch us back here again next time with another installment in the Super Smash Brothers Cinematic Universe. 